Well, welcome back again to another episode of Glorify and Grow. It's my privilege to be here with you this morning. We're coming to you from Horizon Church in Bosque Farms, New Mexico. And once again, I'm Pastor Tom. Today's subject is still kind of concentrating and setting us up for a great study on Colossians. The concept today is this concept of Gnosticism. Now, maybe you've heard that word and maybe you haven't. It kind of comes up a lot, especially when Dale Brown had his movie out there and the the Gnostic Gospels, the the Gospel of of Thomas and Mary and all these other kind of weird or different or strange books that weird and strange to us as Christians because we grew up understanding that there's 66 books in the Bible that that we have the ability to understand and to to read them and understand them and we're also taught that that they're inclusive that 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 there's an exclusivity sorry about these books that they were canonized they were brought together that God inspired each one of these books to bring us a revelation of who he is. Well, this concept of Gnosticism was kind of, maybe to oversimplify it, it's saying the Bible plus or Jesus plus, that it's a great place to start, but that we need to search inside of ourselves for for true meaning, for for great things that, that are beyond our normal understanding, that we have the ability to understand all things. You know, one of the things that I preached on, and if you watch any of our videos or listen to any of our messages online as we've gone through this series that's available on our website, horizonchurch.church, you realize that there's so much application in this book to us today. You know, I can't remember a time in my life where I walked away from a conversation and said, oh my Goodness, Lord, I, I, I've, been, I've been a victim of Gnosticism. I never, ever used that term. But I have been confronted with the concept of, of somebody telling me something that's extra-biblical, something that goes beyond, something that they pulled out or understood. One of the concepts that they certainly go into depth on in seminary is that we are called to extra Jesus, the, the Bible, to, to look at the verses and, and pray and, and extract what, what God is giving us in those to, to kind of help people understand, to apply, to exhort the word of God that it may be applied into our heart. But the opposite of that is eisegesis. And eisegesis is what we see happening all too often in our society where we take a, a concept of, of love or, or, or marriage or, or uh, a theology on divorce, and we search the Bible and find verses that prop up our understanding. I hope that kind of helps you understand what this battle in Gnosticism, what the, the battle that, that Paul's addressing in Colossians, is God gave us his word. He gave us precepts and concepts that we're to live by. It's kind of us that like to put asterisks in there or read in them or go the other, go further than, than God ever wanted us to do. I don't know if you can picture with me in your mind a triangle. 
Uh, maybe it's a, a funnel and it's sitting on its, its side and, and you come up across the front of that, the, the big wide part and you look ahead and you see it narrow down to a scope. And I think maybe you can walk around this, this triangle and you can decide whether you want to enter through the small hole at the bottom or the big opening at the top. I, I use this as a, an analogy of something that we're confronted with every day when we have a decision to make a, a, anything that happens in life. We, we can kind of come to the, the open side of that, that funnel and we can decide where to enter anywhere along that side, whether it's good or it's bad. We can fill it with all these earthly ways, people's opinions, our, our friends, our parents, Maybe even the internet that tells us how we should go about something, what's okay and what's not okay. I think as Christians, when we enter that end, we kind of enter into the muck and we're trying to shed off and wash off and, and try to figure it out all the fight down to that little hole at the bottom that comes out and kind of commits us to Jesus. That, that hole is so small that it's it's filled with nothing but Jesus. All that stuff behind us is all muck from the world. But we do have a choice as a Christian, and I've preached on it before, where we have the ability to walk around to the other side of that funnel or that triangle, and we can stand on the solid rock of Christ, and then we can take that truth and go out into the world. It doesn't change the muck that's in there, but it decides where we get our energy from where we get our wisdom from to walk? Do we base it on Christ alone? Or do we base it on all this extra stuff that's confronted us? I've heard it said many times, and maybe I've even been guilty of practicing it, that if you want to justify something, just go on the internet. And you'll find somebody that agrees with the way you want it. And all too often today, we do that with church. We do it with Christ. We, we don't look at it and say, is this where God wants me to be? Am I growing? Am I glorifying him and growing myself so that I can grow others? Or do I just like the entertainment value of that church? It's, it's more of an easy Christianity over there. Do I, do I like that? Like, do I want to be on that cruise ship rather than the battleship, rather than that aircraft carrier arming myself to, to send out and to go out? An example of Gnostic thinking that was very prevalent in the early church, the first couple hundred years, is that Jesus only became divine at his baptism. Now, we know the scripture says that God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that he was God from the beginning, from the moment that the Holy Spirit placed him inside Mary, from the moment that he was born, his whole life was sinless. Bible says that Jesus knew temptation, but he never gave in to the sin of it. He never sinned. He knew no sin, not for a time, for his whole life. He didn't know sin, but it's a little bit easier to, to walk through life, to walk through that muck if you lean into that wrong thinking, that Gnostic thinking that Jesus was only divine from the time that his baptism, when, when God opened the heavens and the dove descended, and we heard the words, this is my son and who I'm well pleased. It's easier for us to understand that Jesus 
ceased to be God and became a man again on that cross if we go down that way. But that can't be true because we know that the resurrection is the core of Christianity, that Christ had to die. Somebody had to pay that price. And the only way to make that price be fully paid forever and ever and ever was for the sacrifice to be perfect, that only Jesus could be perfect, only God could be perfect. The God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, the three in one, the Trinity, was the way to pay that. That we know what sacrificial love is because even while we were sinners, Jesus came and died and paid that price for us. The scripture in John 1.14 tells us that the word was made flesh. That God was God from the moment he took his first breath on this earth. There's many other issues that we've seen with this Gnostic thinking that Jesus was married in the, the Dale Brown book. and That Jesus had children and some of those descendants still go on today. It's a Gnostic belief that that God is so big and so wise that we can't understand it, that he's incomprehensible. And to some degree, that's true. But if we just dismiss that and say, well, I can't know God, therefore, I can't be close to him. We know as Christians that, that God wants one thing. He wants that relationship with us. He wants to walk with us and talk with us like he did. And even, in fact, I go so far as to think the new heaven and the new earth that's talked about at the end of Revelation is a bringing back of that concept of Eden, this perfect place without sin, without being under the curse. Friends, we're confronted with this wrong thinking on a regular basis. And that's what this book is about. Need secrets. We need the Bible. We don't need philosophy, which is just empty thoughts and theories on the way things could be or should be, that we can stand on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. That we can stand that he is the way the truth, and the life. I think we can rest that that Satan wins so many battles by creating chaos and opinions and confusion. But it's God who is the God of order, the God of truth. And friends, it's it's not a hidden truth. It's the truth. It's a truth that, that we can know when we take Jesus into our hearts, when we become more and more like him, that, that we can walk in the wisdom that is his, that we can pray and we can seek him and we can know him. We can read his Bible and we can learn about him and his ways, that we can learn what Jesus did so that we know what Jesus would do and we can apply that into our lives. Friends, myself and and this church, we stand on solo scriptura, the scripture alone, that we don't need to add to it. In fact, we recognize that the Bible says, do not add or delete anything from my word, that every word, every every mark, every comma is there for a reason. Every word makes our body feel the, the, the presence of God, that we can know that, that he's there in all things and in all times and in all places. Friends, Satan wants chaos. 
God wants unity. Satan loves evil. Jesus loves the truth. Satan likes complicated opinions that that cause disunity. Everybody has their own way of doing things, and their way is right and your way is wrong. But as a Christian, when we talk about surrendering to Jesus, we also take that responsibility off of us. As far as walking my own way, we walk with him now. And it's in walking in him is where that beauty is. It's one of the things that you're going to see and you're going to love about this book of Colossians. That it gives you some practical truth, some absolute truth that we can stand on. But it's also going to get into, especially in chapter 3, it's going to get into to exactly what these things are that we need to get rid of in our life to, to be in Christ, to honor Christ in all that we do. But also, as a loving teacher, as a loving shepherd, he teaches us and tells us what to put on. So friends, I remind you today that as a Christian, I think that we need to filter everything we do through three lenses. The lens of what does the Bible say about that thing? Can I, can I search the Bible? Can I read commentaries? Can I ask my mentors, my small group people, my, my accountability partners? Can I, can I stand right on God's word and understand truth? And once it clears that filter, then we can go back in and look at what did I learn in the past? What lessons can I learn from others in the past? And finally, that third one is then how do I apply that to culture today? Friends, I think this book of Colossians is going to help us understand that it's about Jesus in the center of all things, the first piece of everything that we do. That God's given us the, the Bible to be a history lesson in some respects, so we can we can see what and we can learn what others did so that we can choose to do the right thing. And then we can see the mistakes in the Bible of trying to get culture in there before the word of God, that when God says, do this, it's, it's not a matter of, of, well, that doesn't apply today. God's truth is everlasting. And I think as we move through the study, I think you'll find more and more the beauty of God's world. I want to leave you with this this morning. I've called this the, the key verse, and, and I believe in so many ways that there's so many great verses But this one is so key. It's Colossians 2.8. It says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow or deceptive philosophy, which depends on human traditions and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. Friends, thank you for your time today. We close today with that prayer that nobody takes us captive by this empty and hollow and deceptive philosophies that depend on nothing but human tradition and the dark spiritual forces in this world that seek to derail you, but that we can learn to walk in the exact footprints of Jesus Christ, that he's already done the hard work. We just have to submit to stepping and walking in those steps that he's made in the stand and the snow and the mud, that we can follow him perfectly. I just remind you today that you and I both exist to glorify God by growing others in Christ Jesus. May you walk blessed today 
It's in his name we pray. Amen.